Hello. Welcome to Footnotes from a Madman. I am your host, Robert Wallace. Today is October 10, 2022. We are recording episode 62. Um, I'm going to go ahead and finish up Ireland today. Um, and then the, the next recording, um, I will uh, finish up Scotland and we'll be done with our, with our trip. So, um, so this will be an hour. I'm going to do probably 30 minutes on each, on each, uh, place. I'll tell you one of the things in Limerick at the Savoy hotel, which I don't think I mentioned in the last episode, the, the pool was kind of downstairs in the basement and, uh, it was cool. It was not cold. Um, my wife and I love going into the, the spa, uh, different places. So <clears throat> we got in that spa. The temperature, the water temperature was probably 85, maybe 90 degrees. It was, it felt cold. <laughs> so uh, we got in the steam room and you see, I've seen way too many horror movies. It's so funny to sit in, in a steam room thinking about all the terrible things that could happen. The door gets stuck or whatever. Um, and as we were sitting there, uh, my wife was kind of getting more and more nervous. And she's like, I got to get out of here. So <clears throat> that was kind of funny. Um, anyways, anyway, so uh, we wrap up our, our trip in Limerick and we head to um, Coleraine, which is actually pronounced Colrain. It's C-O-L-E-R-A-I-N-E. They call it Colrain. It looks like it spells Colrain. But anyway, so we drive from Limerick up to Colrain. Now, Colrain is part of the UK. They're up in the um, Northern Ireland, and it's separated out. And there's no nice direct way to drive from um, Limerick up to Coleraine. <clears throat> so we end up having to drive back to Dublin, uh, up through Belfast and, uh, sort of, you know, close through Belfast up to get up to Northern Ireland. We're at almost one of the most Southern, most Northern tips of Ireland in Coleraine. And so we cruise up there and it's, like there's not a, a line or a demarcation where you go, okay, this is, you know, now the UK, we're now in the Northern Ireland. But um, as you get up there, there's more money. The They are part of um, the empire with Scotland and Britain, what have you. And so there's more money. The places look a little bit better taken care of now. You know, Limerick, we didn't see anything in, in Limerick or Dublin that was terrible, but the roads were tighter and things like that. Um, when you get up into the UK area, they still have some narrow roads, but they have a lot more um, highways, you know, quote unquote highways. So uh, that was kind of noticeable. Um, and then uh, we stayed at the Crowfield house. 
and it's a bed and breakfast and the owners, Sam and Patricia, man, they're great hosts. They, they basically have, um, three rooms that they rent out and one night, all three rooms were rented out, but the other two nights, only one room was rented out. I mean, only us two. So of course, you know, we're still with the same couple. So there's two of two rooms rented out and then um, only one night somebody else was there. <clears throat> so we kind of had the place to ourselves. We kind of had Sam and Patricia to ourselves. Um, so that was kind of cool. Uh, it's a, it was a great experience. They have a beautiful home. Um, and, but that was the first point where we ran across um, how big the spiders can be <laughs> in the UK. Uh, the, they had a beautiful house that they built and the beautiful grounds and whatever, but there was a big-ass spider in our bedroom. It was uh, actually in the bathroom right uh, behind off to the side of the toilet back by the, there was a little metal container there that held extra toilet paper and whatever. And it was on top of that. Um, and when, after we smashed it, which left a huge blood mark on the floor of the bathroom. Um, and it was, you know, after you kill a spider and it retracts, its legs kind of retract. Um, with its legs retracted, it was the size of a quarter. Uh, this thing was huge, you know, including the legs. Of course, that's what I'm talking about. The, the legs were contracted and um, it was the size of a quarter. And it was, I mean, <laughs> it was gross. And of course, when you see it in action, the legs are much further out. Um, half dollar, maybe a little bit bigger than that. I mean... I don't know. It was, it was huge. It was gross. It seemed bigger <laughs> and uh, when it's on the move, it seems enormous. <laughs> so as soon as it knows that it's being attacked, it starts running and you feel like it's got, it's gotten larger as it's running. <laughs> so um, anyway, uh, so, you know, they had beautiful grounds. They had several acres of land that was just well-groomed. It had a little stream in the back that you could go and sit near there the bugs were minimal because it's always cold there so they have pretty minimal bugs now having said that they do have bugs um you know insects they have a lot of insects uh, but they didn't seem to to really like try to fly in your face or try to get in your ears and shit you know so uh, we had left the window open one evening when we went out to dinner um, and had, what did we leave on? There was some light in there that we left on. And of course that attracted all the bugs. And so, um, you know, they were all up on the ceiling. They weren't trying to get to us. They were up on the ceiling or high up on the wall, but there, you know, we were like, we're not turning off this light and going to bed and letting all these, insects just free fly in here while we're trying to sleep so um it took me about 15 minutes to smash all these insects so that's what i did i took a I took a towel because i couldn't reach up there there were like eight eight foot ceilings and so 
you know, I'm just taking this towel and doubled it up and I'm just swatting at these things and knocking them down and stepping on them. And some were big and some were small and big, like mosquito size big. They don't, you know, they weren't mosquitoes, but, um, or they might've been mosquito eaters. You know how they're just so much bigger. They're just with all the gangling legs all over. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> so yeah, one night I was, you know, it took me like 15, 20 minutes and I'm smashing insects. <clears throat> so, um, while we're there at the Crowfield house, we, um, went to, um, a fun little city or town called, uh, Londonderry, but they all call it dairy. They leave off the London part. Cause I think, you know, Northern Ireland is still not excited that they're part of the UK. Um, there are some people Sam and Patricia are quite fine with being part of the UK, but there's a lot of people that don't like being part of the UK. And so they um, completely leave the London part off of this, um, off of this town. But uh, it was kind of cool that we hopped on a train. It was about an hour train ride um, to, and this thing was pretty fast. It was not a bullet train, but you know, it was pretty fast and it drove along the upper coast. So that was really cool. Um, some awesome views. Um, when we got up to uh, Londonderry, it's one of the um, only, at least in Ireland, maybe all of the UK, it's one of the only um, towns or cities or whatever that is fully surrounded by a wall still from like the 15th century or whatever. This wall is um, in perfect condition. It's about 20 feet wide, so you could actually walk up on the wall. You could drive a car up there. Um, it was so wide. And that's how they defended the, the early city. You know, they'd have all these um, forces go up there. All the soldiers would go up there. Um, and uh, um, they have cannons up there and all these things. So that was really cool. Um, and we really enjoyed that. And now that's not the whole city. Um, that's the old city. I mean, the, the city is built up around that. So that's kind of like the inner, the inner city. Um, so, um, <clears throat> from the Col Crowfield house, we had kind of picked that because it was close to a several of the things that um, for Game of Thrones filming that took place up there in the upper areas of Northern Ireland. Um, one, we went to what's called Dunluce Castle, D-U-N-L-U-C-E. And this was, um, if you watch Game of Thrones, this was the castle that was um, Castle Greyjoy. And, um, you know, it's basically ruins, mostly it's ruins. Um, but they do a lot of things with CGI to make these things completely functioning, you know, castles. It's kind of crazy. Um, but it was kind of cool to, to see that we were probably there for about 20 or 30 minutes. We could have toured, didn't realize that you could tour the inside of this, the ruins. Um, so we kind of just walked around the outside. We didn't spit, we didn't give enough time for that particular castle because we didn't know you could go inside. So um, 
we had appointments at um, the Giants Causeway and the Carrick Reed Bridge. And so we really only allowed 20 or 30 minutes for this castle, but it was really cool to see. And you walk down um, these stairway, the stair down, like halfway down this mountainside or cliff, I should call it a cliff, um, but it's got stairs and you walk down and then you walk, um, you know, across this little valley or whatever. Um, it's not a valley, but I don't know what to call it. And you're actually looking up at the underside of the castle and it's about 30 or 40 feet above you. And then, um, you can walk back up on the other side, um, a bunch of stairs, and it goes through this opening in this in the side of these this rock cliff. And when you get up there, that's kind of as far as you can go. It's sort of like a, a big window, you know. It's a thirty foot diameter window, and you in the side of the this mountain that um, that you can look out over the ocean. It was kind of cool up above the the part of that window is there is a, I don't know if it's a bridge or just uh or if it was actually connected, but that's how you cross over to get to the castle. <clears throat> I don't recall. I'd have to look at my pictures. I don't recall if it was a bridge or if that's just the natural, um, top of the opening and then that's how they made the walkway to go um to the castle but uh it's kind of cool it was the only way you could get in the castle and so it'd be pretty easy to defend it's just on the cliff side there um you can't get directly to it you know you go down into this big old valley um you know all you had to defend was just this one little you know 10 foot wide area um so it was pretty pretty cool pretty cool place to build a castle. Um, after that, we went to um, the Giants Causeway. This is very um, interesting. This is where um, it has all of these, all of the rocks in this particular area um, or boulders or I guess they'd be boulders. I don't know, but they're all, they're all coming up out of the ground and they're like an octagon shape. Um, or they have six sided. What is, what is a six sided? Septagon? I don't know. Anyway. Um, and they're just lined up next to each other and they, they're practically like stairs or, or what have you, where you can climb all over these things, um, along the coast. Uh, it's very interesting, um, how it happens. And they explained in all these ge geological terms that I don't understand. I don't even remember. Um, but this was a really cool area. And of course, um, <clears throat> they also talk about it in like a fantasy type of, um, in a type of way. And so they share the stories of, of how there was a giant that lives there. And of course, if you look along the mountainside and you can see uh, the boulders and the, in the form at the top of the mountain, it looks like a sleeping giant. So they kind of put this mythology type of thing into the whole thing about how, you know, that's part of his house and blah, blah, blah. 
So, um, you know, they do it tongue in cheek. They're not taking it serious, but yet these are the types of legendary stories that get shared um, about these things. Um, you know, they get carried on from from centuries before um, about how these things possibly happened. Um, so it was kind of cool. Uh, we spent a couple hours there. It's it's about a forty five minute tour. And then the tour guide just wraps it up and then you can walk along these, the, the coast there, um, along the boulders and the rocks and things and take pictures and what have you. So that was really cool. Um, and then we headed up to, um, this bridge It's called Carricka Reed, Reed bridge. Now it's C-A-R-R-I-C-K dash A dash. R-E-D-E, Kirkareed Bridge. And I don't recall exactly why they did this. It, it goes from the from this huge cliff, and it's, um, it's about 30 or, no, it's about, what was it, 60, 80 feet high, something like that. Um, and it goes across this gap of, I don't know, 100 feet. Um, and it goes to this little outcropping of cliffs that really don't do anything. There's nothing there. They were talking about how it was helping the fishermen or something like that. And I'm just like, it's kind of stupid because if you would have just hopped in a boat, you could got could have gone around there. It was only, I don't know, a few hundred yards off the beach to go to around to the tip of this outcropping thing that they built this bridge. I don't know. It was really stupid, but the explanation was stupid. The bridge is really cool. It's a suspension bridge. Um, uh, it was a rope bridge, but of course they have fixed it so that it will hold up because <laughs> cropping crossing a suspension rope bridge would have been terrifying, terrifying a hundred feet high or whatever it was. Um, so that was kind of cool. It was bouncing and swaying and, um, you know, some people, you know, there's a shit ton of people, um, going across it and then you have to stand there and wait until the people, you know, going forward or coming back or whatever. Um, and so they, you know, you stand there and you wait for 10 minutes or whatever. And so it starts building up with all these people. Now you've got 15, 20 people, <clears throat> crossing this bridge and it's swaying and bouncing. And um, so it makes it uh, a little more scary than it probably would be if you just walked across by yourself. Um, but it was cool. It was neat to see when you get across the other side, you walk up beautiful views, whatever. But like I said, I, the, the point of it was didn't make sense. It was weird, but it was, it's a cool little touristy thing to go do. Uh, so we enjoyed that. That was neat. Um, then uh, up there is um, these huge oak trees. I mean, these things are old, old, old. These things are hundreds of years old. And they apparently have grown along this road. I shouldn't say apparently because we saw it. But they've grown along this road on either side. And they get so tall that they've overgrown this whole road and it actually, when you're going down onto this road, it blocks out 
the sunlight. And so this is called the dark hedges where you can go along this road and it's almost like it's dusk or dawn. It really cuts down on the sunlight dramatically. Um, and so the unfortunate part is that now when we got there, um, they're not dark hedges anymore because they've had so many rainstorms that and wind storms and all these things that um, a lot of these things have blown down. And so it's not dark hedges anymore. It's just, um, they call it dark hedges, but it's not dark anymore. So now you're seeing a scattering of huge oak trees rather than enough to cause this canopy. So anyways, the um, apparently, or what happened with these trees is that the um, the producers or the, I forget, the people who were affiliated with Game of Thrones, they took these trees and they created doors out of them. They made 10 or 12 doors um, that have carvings of all, season six of Game of Thrones. And it just talks about all the different episodes and all the different things that happen in season six. And so then they, for free, they did like some kind of um, uh, rally. Uh, what the hell? Uh, basically, they put them up and people could submit their names to get these things and they were free. And, um, and so there are different uh, restaurants and pubs throughout all of Ireland that got these doors. And so you can actually take a doors tour. Um, you could actually, you know, they give you a little door passport. Um, and then you can get a map and it tells you all the different places to go to throughout Ireland um, to see these doors. Ultimately, we saw um, two of them, but it was not up in Coleraine. So um, that's what happened with the dark hedges. The funny part is, is as we're driving around, um, there are several uh, places along the way where the canopy was so thick driving through these different areas that they were actually more like the dark hedges than the dark hedges were. Um, so that was kind of funny. Um, but that, I mean, we ate great food there. Um, oh man. Yeah. We had, I can't remember. It was called the, the brown quail or something like that. No, it was called the brown something. I can't remember. Um, nice restaurant, beautiful, um, just wonderful food. There's, they had a little pub attached to it. Um, and, uh, so we went to that, that restaurant and that pub. Um, it was kind of funny. They had uh, karaoke, but it was just this tiny little um, speaker um, inside this tiny, this pub was not that big. The whole restaurant was not huge. And then the pub was attached to that. And so the pub is probably a 20 by 20 room. And they put off to the side, this dude with a little speaker doing karaoke so that was kind of funny um but it was fun you know we we'd sang songs and just kind of 
had some drinks and what have you. Um, while we were at that pub, our friends in Minnesota contacted us um, via text and let us know that um, New England Patriots were going to be playing in Green Bay, um, you know, on the 4th or the 3rd or whatever that Sunday is, uh, the 2nd, 2nd, uh, October 2nd. And uh, we were a few, we were a few pints in and, you know, we had told them like four years ago because um, it's the scheduling, how the NFL does their scheduling is that their teams that only play other certain other teams once every four years. And so um, <clears throat> this was the, the year that they were going to play New England. Now, of course, I've, I've been Tom Brady fan. Um, not necessarily a New England Patriots fan, but uh, I thought that Mac Jones was was uh, going to bring them back and help them do well. Of course, he got injured, but, um, you know, so our friends have club seats. They have four club seats, um, indoor, you know, the club level, they're wonderful seats. We, we went and had a fantastic time. They're fantastic seats. Um, but so uh, we're a couple of pints in and they're like, ah, you want to go? And my wife is like, well, you know, I'm not sure. Probably, but we'll have to think about it. Me. I'm like, yes, I go online. I check Southwest tickets. I tell her we can go. Let's do it. She's like, well, okay. You know, she doesn't normally like to make decisions when she's drinking like that. Um, but boom, we got tickets. I mean, with the with the early check in and everything, they were like nine hundred bucks, which is kind of expensive. But I was like, "Fuck it, let's go!" So, yeah, on the spot in this pub, um, we bought our airline tickets to go to uh, Minnesota. Our friends live in Minnesota, and then it's a four hour drive to Green Bay where, you know, we stayed at one of our friend's sister's house on Saturday night. And then we went to the game and then Sunday night we stayed at her house again and then drove back to Minnesota Monday. Um, and that's when we went to see, uh, I know I'm getting into Minnesota now. We went and saw Prince's house, Paisley Park, which is actually his recording studio as well. Um, but anyway, so this was all planned out while we were um, drinking in the pub in Coleraine, Ireland. <laughs> so um, what else? Did there anything else happen in Coleraine? I'm trying to think if we did anything else in Coleraine. No. So um, as we left there, we had to drive back through belfast to get down to where we were heading next next which is down patrick um and so when we drove through belfast uh, we decided to see the titanic museum um, the titanic and its sister ship britannia i guess there's going to be three three ships that they built for the white line uh, company um, so they built all three of them there in Belfast. And there's a whole 
tour devoted to the Titanic, how they built it, um, you know, and then all the, the things surrounding the sinking and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it ended up being, I don't know, it was probably, probably spent two, two and a half hours there. When we go to museums, we see the shit out of museums. I mean, well, my wife is worse than I am or better than I am. I don't know. She'll read every damn thing. I mean, she'll take pictures of every damn thing. They had so much stuff there. It was really cool. They had um, the state rooms for the first class and the state rooms for, you know, the lower class so that you could see the differences and see how they built the ship. And so, um, you know, they, they really actually focused a lot on the building and the, what the, what the Titanic looked like, things like that. They spent very little time actually about the, the sinking incident. They, there was probably two or three rooms that covered it, you know, they covered it well, but it was certainly not the, the focus of the museum. The museum was the, the focus was on the Titanic and how it was built and, and the beauty for um, that time period. So um, I'll continue a little bit more um, after the break, but we will have to take a break here for just a second. All right, welcome back. <clears throat> so I was talking about uh, the Titanic tour. Um, so, you know, it was interesting. Sometimes you can see pictures of the Titanic compared to today's cruise ships. And the Titanic is like a quarter of the size of these enormous ships. Um, I think a lot was learned from the Titanic of, you know, what not to do and not to cut corners and things like that. So, um, and they didn't really talk about that. And that would have been cool to me. I, I wanted to know more. I mean, you could, you could find out a ton of stuff on the internet, but I wanted to find out if they would talk about, um, the failings of what actually um, what actually happened on the ship in the ship that they were not able to overcome this hole in the side. Nowadays, there's so much stuff that, you know, they can shut down this area and it will just uh, hold the water and whatever. And from what I remember reading, that the walls didn't go all the way up. And so the water just kept spilling over to the next level and the next level. Um, and I don't know if that was a design or if that was a cost savings. I'm not really sure. Um, I wanted them to talk about that stuff, but they didn't, they didn't talk about that at all. So I was a little bit disappointed in that aspect, but um, overall the museum is really cool. If you get a chance, you should go. Um, and so the drive down from Coleraine to Downpatrick was pretty, um, uneventful. We, um, went to another B&B there in Downpatrick called the Mulberry House. 
And it's kind of funny because <clears throat> I spoke of the roads being bigger and whatever, but when you get down to um, down Patrick getting into this B and B, it was probably a two mile drive on one side, but we entered from the wrong side. Um, you, this this street um, road, back country road, whatever you want to call it. Um, there's two larger roads on either side and their B&B is slightly is more close to one side than the other well we came in on the other side which I guess we'll call the back side so um, we kind of came around unfortunately and the, we probably had to go about two miles of this road that barely fit one car <clears throat> and the funny part is, is that it's not like, um, okay, it's one car and you can see, you know, open fields on either side and you can see all the way down this thing. No, there are 10, 12 foot hedges on both sides um, within two feet of the edge of the road. And so you're kind of cruising down this road not having any idea what's coming and you probably can't go around each other um, we act her name is isabella once we um got to their b and b i think the second night we were talking about the road and we were like so what do you do and she's kind of like well you if your cars are small enough you can squeeze by each other Otherwise, somebody has to back up until they get to a driveway or whatever um, to let the other person pass. And we're like, holy crap. Um, of course, we are driving in this bus that we had to have for all of our luggage. Um, it was practically the size of a small shuttle. It was ridiculous. I told you about that earlier. But so we're still driving the same oversized vehicle. It was ridiculous. Um, so then we get to their place, their driveway is a little bit small, but cruising up, then it opens up and they have a nice place. Um, they also have three rooms. Um, the property is not as nice. You can't walk around it as, as easily. It wasn't, um, a lot of the stuff wasn't as, uh, the area around wasn't as easily accessible. They have a beautiful grass area, but it's down this hillside um, so you have to walk downhill 50 or 60 feet. Um, and uh, so, it, you know, the the property wasn't as uh, nice to walk around and just kind of hang out. But it was still, you know, a nice place. Um, unfortunately, when we got there, we got out of the car and, you know, it's all crop fields all around there. And um, one of the neighbors was was putting, what do they call it, slurry? I don't know what they call it, but basically it is liquefied shit that they're throwing on their field. And the smell was horrendous. It felt like we had fallen into an outhouse. It was terrible for that first day. It just reeked of shit, this liquidy diarrhea shit. <laughs> I don't know, I'm trying to explain to you 
the the horribleness of the smell and all i can do is just to describe uh, you can't describe the smell all i can do is tell you um these are the ways that you might experience the smell <laughs> go to a bathroom after somebody took a horrendous diarrhea shit anyway let's move on from that <laughs> um but they that went away the the second and third day so um and isabella and her husband i don't remember his name um he kind of popped out a little bit he wasn't really there as much as sam and patricia together were at the other place uh this was more just isabella um oh and the food was great at these both of these places the food is wonderful they make you a beautiful breakfast um, they didn't really have anything for, for lunch or dinner, but, um, that's why it's called a bed and breakfast. Uh, but anyway, she had a lot of knowledge. Um, we were going to go to Castle Ward and see the Game of Thrones stuff, which we ended up doing, but, um, they, uh, had canceled a couple of things. No. We were just trying to figure out our days. That's what it was. I mean, we were just trying to figure out what, what day to do this and that. Um, and the, the bike ride, we had to reschedule it because it was supposed to rain. That's what it was. So we had rescheduled this bike ride and um, there at Castle Ward. And um, so she was like, oh, maybe you guys should go to the Game of Thrones studio tour. And we're like, what is that? I haven't heard of that. Well, at the Linen Mills studio there near um down patrick i forget what city it's actually in but it's very close the linen mills or mills linen linen mills i think it is that's where they they had a bunch of the uh, several of the sound stages where they actually did a, a bunch of the filming and so we're like no fucking way we didn't hear anything about it well we hadn't heard about it before because they had only opened about four months before that um and so she's like here's the directions go we went, oh my gosh, this thing was fantastic. I mean, they had two of the sound stages, um, which was really cool. Um, I can't remember the locations for the, for the sound stage. One was Winrose. Uh, I can't remember. Anyway, um, fantastic. They had all kinds of the um, clothes that they wore and just you know they had all these mannequins or dummies or whatever um set up in these scenes and they all had on the clothing that the characters were wearing they had the dark the dark king and his um you know costume or outfit or whatever um just throughout this whole thing they showed you how they did some of the cg stuff they showed you how they did makeup they showed you how they how they created the wardrobes and and why they created them a certain way and the intricacies of the wardrobes and um you know just on and on and we met uh, an extra there he was kind of spending time there at the at the museum or at the tour the tour and he would um so he kind of showed us the part that he was in and then we took pictures with him that was pretty cool uh we spent over four hours at the studio tour. Um, it was phenomenal. We just, just loved, 
loved that that tour. That was the best thing we ever did. Um, we also still did Castle Ward, and we went on the bike ride, which was pretty cool because it's a it was about a two mile bike ride, and you know you had to go up hills and stuff. And I, I, I'm out of shape, so we ended up having to walk up in um, some areas. It was kind of cool. They give you a backpack with a cape and a and a rubber sword. So all four of us each had our own cape and, and rubber sword. Um, and so we rode to a particular place and my wife was like, oh, let's do a video. You know, let's make a video of us sword fighting and all this and that. So Anthony and I did a, a sword fight and I fell over and he was pretending to poke me in the ass with his swords. And uh, <laughs> I posted that on my Instagram. It was hilarious hilarious and then uh, uh my wife and uh her friend you know cheryl we went to a, the castle along the bike ride and then they did some little uh skit thing with their swords and capes and so we just had a we had a great time on this bike tour um and the castle ward they showed us how you know the different scenes so they had like this flip chart or whatever pictures and you know, so you stand in a particular area and you're looking at it and then he shows you the flip chart and he flips through the six or seven layers of CG that they did. And then he shows you um, the current, you know, what what it looked like for the show. And it was so totally different. I wouldn't have recognized that that's where we were. You know what I mean? Um, and so both of the tours were great. Both of the tours were great. But the studio tour is fantastic. Um, you have to do the studio tour. Um, so then originally we were going to stay at the hotel called the uh, Kewen. And um, they had closed down for for COVID. And so then we had to get another place because we weren't sure <clears throat> that they were going to be open. So that's how we ended up at the Mulberry B&B. Um, but at the Kewen, we found out that they have, Isabella told us that the Kewen has one of the Game of Thrones doors. So we're like, oh, well, shit, let's drive over there. It was about a 20 minute, 30 minute drive. And so <clears throat> we drove over there and got some pictures. It was really cool. Um, saw the door and it was like it says, it's like a, there's particular um episodes or whatever in season six for each one, you know, this the theme of the door and it's all this intricate uh, work that they did. They carved out all these pictures. It was really, really cool to see. Um, and so then as we're there and we're talking to the bartender there and uh, in the restaurant and he goes, Oh, well, there's another door. If you cross the, um, the fair, take the ferry over here to the peninsula over in Porto ferry, um, one of the pubs over there called the Fiddler's Green, they have a door as well. And we're like, well, okay, you know. Um, and so we had to get going to uh, Castle Ward. And so after that was done, we were like, well, what, should we go back and see this door? And we're like, sure. It wasn't that far. It was like a 15 or 20 minute drive. And so... Uh, we drove back and parked and um, the ferry rides like five minutes. And so we're like, okay, cool. We were trying to hurry. We weren't sure, you know, there's a lot of stuff closing down. You know, it's a, it's a peninsula. It's a 
kind of a sleepy town. We're not sure how late the pubs are open over there, blah, blah, blah. And so uh, we hop on the ferry and cross over and then we're um, walking around a little bit and we find the pub called Fiddler's Green. And so we go inside and, you know, the owner, her name is Tracy and she's kind of like, hi, how's it going? You know, what have you? And like, hi, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of just cruising in. We wanted to see um, the door, the Game of Thrones door. And she's like, oh, okay. Yeah, no problem. Come on over here. So she takes us over to the door. She tells us um, how they got into the drawing for the door, how they um, had to do, you know, some particular things, submit paperwork and tell why they should get the door, um, so on and so forth. And, um, you know, they're just a small little place and she was excited to have it. And she was taking uh, our pictures for us and all this and that. So then we go up to the bar and uh, we're kind of like, oh, yeah, we want this drink and that drink. And I just said, you know, I, I think I'm going to have a Guinness. I've been having Guinness and it's really good over here. So I'm going to have a Guinness. And she, uh, Tracy, the, the owner, she goes, have you ever poured your own Guinness? And I go, well, I mean, yeah, it's like in a glass. Yeah, I've poured it out of the bottle or whatever. <clears throat> She's like, no, you ever poured it out of a tap? I'm like, no. So she's like, okay. So she lifts up the bar where you enter in. She has me go behind the bar and I was able to pour my own Guinness from the tap and my wife uh, recorded it and it was, it was really cool. I loved it. Of course, you know, I was, she was trying to direct me on how to do it and uh, as I'm doing it, you know, and then when I finished and she's kind of like, well, I wouldn't be offering a you a job, but you did okay. And I was like, all right, well. <laughs> I'm still going to enjoy my beer. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. So we got to, to see the door, uh, meet some great people. Everybody in there was fantastic. Um, you know, just the, several locals. There's probably six or eight people in there. Um, so they were watching and cheering me on. And, um, you know, we're just chatting it up with people. They were super friendly. Everybody in all of Ireland and Scotland, for the most part, everybody was really friendly on one-to-one. -one. There were some people that were rude or whatever in certain circumstances, but uh, overall, uh, great, great people. And the people in the, the Fiddler's Green, they were fantastic, and we were just all um, chatting it up. So that was, I'm glad we we took the time to go back and see that door, because that was a fantastic experience. Um, one that you're rarely going to get, except for in smaller towns in the United States, you know, in the Midwest, maybe, or something like that. But um, it was wonderful. It was a wonderful memory. Uh, so I think that was the last day in Downpatrick. We were going to try to go see St. Patrick's Center and see St. Patrick's Studio. Um on the morning before our flight to Scotland, uh, we ended up leaving a little bit too late. We hit traffic. There's a bunch of traffic. I think it was a Monday morning. Um, everybody trying to get to work. And so by the time that we got there to the center, we are like, we don't have time for this. We still have an hour and a half drive to um, Belfast. We need to get there a couple hours early because we're getting on the plane, blah, blah, blah. So basically, we pulled in, we parked, 
we determined that it was not a good idea and we backed out and left. So we never saw St. Patrick's um, statue. We never saw this. this St. Patrick's Center is actually a shopping center that my wife and Cheryl wanted to go and look at stuff. The St. Patrick's um, statue was like up over the hill on the other side of this hill. We couldn't see it where we were. So um, we missed that whole thing, but that's okay. So we drove back to Belfast. Um, I wanted to try to see the Peace Wall uh, when we went back into Belfast. We wanted to do the Titanic tour and the Peace Wall, but we didn't want to stay in Belfast. Uh, it's just too big of a city. We didn't want to do it. So um, by the time that we got into Belfast, we determined that we didn't think that we had enough time to do anything but just go to the airport or go to the sh to the rental car company because we knew the experience of what we had with the other place and that it could be an hour and a half before we actually get from there to the airport. So uh, we just decided, fuck it, we can't we can't risk it. So we went straight to uh, the rental car company, which it was a good idea that we did that because. Uh, it was difficult to find. We went to two wrong places, driving around, had to call them twice. Um, and then they share a shuttle to the airport with a couple other companies. And so where we were ended up being like the second or third stop. And so every time the shuttle came by, it was full. So we grabbed all of our shit. We're lugging all of our huge bags and all this shit <clears throat> and walked probably a half mile or so to where the shuttle starts so that we could get on there first. And even then we barely were able to get on the next shuttle. There were so many people already in line there. Um, and so that was the best thing we could have done because it could have been as we were going, um, there were talk, the drivers were talking and they're like, Oh, they have people, you know, at this rental company, he's like, I'm full. I can't, I can't fit them on. So we would have probably had to wait another two or three shuttles. Um, it was uh, ridiculous. Um, and so, oh, no, fuck. I just told you about the whole thing um, in uh, Glass in uh, Edinburgh heading home. No, no, no. In Belfast, uh, it, we didn't have that issue. They were just going to drive us, you know, in a shuttle. And so they called the separate shuttle company. Sorry about that. I lost track. I confused me too. So they called the driver who's going to bring a shuttle. But he determined since there's only four of us, he doesn't need a shuttle. So he's just going to drive a small car over thinking, I don't know what you know, that all four of us could hop in this little car that he's got, no problem. I'm like, we don't just have carry-ons, dumbass. We're Americans. We got, like, huge bags. He gets there, and he's like, oh, well, <laughs> he goes, I can't take you in this car. He goes, we'll have to figure out something else. We're like, oh, shit, you dumbass. You're supposed to bring a shuttle. And he's like, well, I don't have one available. We're like, oh, fuck. So, basically, the shuttle driver sat at the rental car closet. This little company is just run out of a, a trailer. Um, and the employee 
took us in this enormous van that we'd been renting this whole time um, and drove us over there in our own van and dropped us off. Um, and so we're just like, okay, well, that worked out all right. But I can't believe this guy shows up in this tiny car and he thought that the four of us and our luggage were going to fit in there, no problem. We're like, yeah, holy cow, what a dumbass. <laughs> anyway, so um, we're in the airport in Belfast and no issues. It's not a big airport. You know, we go to our gate, which isn't very big and it's crowded, very crowded. Um, and this woman's there with her four kids that are all under 10 and she's entertaining them. And my, my, and, uh, my wife's like, Oh, well, no, three kids. She had three kids and they're all under 10. They're probably all under eight. Um, my wife's like, Oh, they're all so well behaved, blah, blah, blah. How do you do it? And she's like, Oh, well, you know, I, blah, I forget exactly what she said. Um, she was kind of cute and you know, you're like, wow, okay. She's got her shit together. So, um, we get on the airplane and they sit the, the row right behind us and the mom sits with the youngest kid. And then the other two are across the aisle airplane takes off and lo and behold, holy hell, these kids, the two kids that are sitting together are causing all kinds of trouble. They're arguing all the time. The mom is yelling at them from the other side of the airplane constantly the trip was an hour long and she yelled at them for 48 minutes of this flight we were just like what the fuck i said you complimented her way too soon <laughs> my wife's like absolutely we were never so happy that a flight ended i mean honestly that is probably the worst flight we've ever taken in our lives. Um, this mom, I never would have suspected that she, that for the 30 or 45 minutes that we saw her at the gate being so calm and redirecting and this and that, uh, maybe during the flight, <clears throat> she was just burned out, but just yelling and yelling and yelling across the airplane. You know what it's like to, to talk from one side of the airplane to the other. It's like, it's a little bit of a distance and everybody can hear you from like 10 rows. She's just yelling and yelling. And we're like, oh my gosh, I have my earbuds in because I'm watching a movie and she's disrupting my <clears throat> movie because I can hear her over my movie through my earbuds. I'm just like, this woman, wow, it was crazy. Uh, anyways, we finally land in Glasgow, Scotland. Um, and, uh, you know, just to hit on it quickly, it was a small airport. Uh, no, yeah, it was a small airport, but it was a, it was a long there was a long walk from our gate to the, to the main airport, but it wasn't that big of an airport, but it was still, it felt like a half mile walk. Um, and it was 95% <clears throat> empty. Every gate, um, every restaurant, everything. It was like they were just barely opening or something because everything was empty. There was nobody at the restaurants, no servers, nothing. 
it wasn't like, okay, there's nobody traveling. It was like, there's nobody at this airport. Nobody's working, nobody, nothing. I mean, from the time we got at the gate, it didn't even seem like there's an attendant at this gate. We just like, there was no next flight or something. We got off the airplane and it was just empty. Only the people that flew in with us were there. Um, and we stopped and went to the restroom. <clears throat> and by the time we got down to the baggage claim, there was nobody left. I mean, we didn't take, we didn't take forever to get down there. Um, you know, this, it was stop at the restroom. There's four of us. We stop at the restroom. We have to stand by our bags, so we can't all go at the exact same time, but you know, 10 minutes maybe. Uh, and then the long ass walk. And by the time we get there, like every single person that was on our flight had picked up their bags and gotten out of the building. We got down there and on the turnstile, just our bags are just going around and around and around. Like we've been packing off for 45 minutes. You know what I mean? It was kind of funny. I'm like, wow. Um, anyway, so that's just the, just the beginning to our uh, Glasgow experience. Um, you know, my, the, the next episode, I'll cover Glasgow and uh, Edinburgh, just a preview. Um, we stayed at the Sherbrooke Castle. Um, we went to see the Wallace Monument, Stirling Castle. Um, then we went and saw the Necropolis, which is basically the, the grave, um, the cemetery there inside the hill. Then we um, drove up to Edinburgh. We saw the Queen's, you know, yacht, Britannia. Then um, we went into Edinburgh, of course, then the queen uh, ended up passing away, which completely, completely changed um, our trip. And I'm going to tell you all about that in the next episode. So uh, join me again. It'll probably be, I can't get to it weekly. I wish I could. I got so much homework. I'm trying to learn the Excel spreadsheet. It is not that easy. All these functions and formulas. Holy fuck. It is not easy. Um, this class is only six weeks, but my, the second class I'm taking is <clears throat> going to be, is going until the middle of December. So I got two classes going and I'm dressed Friday night and Saturday night and yesterday all told for three assignments. I probably spent 12, 10 or 12 hours trying to do this Excel spreadsheet. So anyway, uh, so it'll probably be a couple weeks, but I'm going to wrap up our trip in the next episode. So uh, join me again. Uh, thank you all for joining me, and I hope that you have a good week. Take care. <laughs>